28 minutes it is now before 9 p.m. And, uh, of course, you would have heard that clip there we played with uh, my next guest. Uh, he's the f- co-founder of NMT Capital, uh, Mr. Sangon Zaluba. And uh, he was saying then, of course, before we uh, came across some of the developments now that are playing themselves out in the, the courts of law here in South Africa, uh, was hoping that Old Mutual and uh, Peter Moyer would find an amicable resolution to this one and uh, hoping that, uh, you know, they find each other here because no one benefits uh, when uh, I guess two elephants fight in this kind of manner, and uh, moreover, uh, he had uh, characterized it uh, then as a, a soapy that he had seen multiple times. And uh, he joins me now on the line. Uh, we're not talking, uh, I guess, only about uh, what's happening uh, at uh, Old Mutual and where NMT is in relation to that, but also some of the other issues uh, that he knows uh, quite a bit about, having been uh, one of the co-founders of Asizun Saluwa Kowato, uh, certainly knows quite a bit about the world of audits. And we're going to be talking about some of the things happening in that space and uh, issues of uh, governance and, of course, uh, the future of the world of audits and uh, uh, investment firms like the one that uh, he leads. And he joins me now on the line. Shagazwam, good evening to you. Ninja Aning, Alin Jigalang. No, I'm very, very well. And thank you so much to you and your listeners for having me. Thank you so much for coming through. And uh, maybe I must ask you, I guess, uh, just after we played that uh, uh, clip there, whether or not, uh, or maybe what you make of uh, where the soapy is now. It's uh, quite clear, maybe episode 20 since you and I last spoke and I'm quite interested in where, where you're seeing the plot playing itself out. I'm just disappointed at you, Ayabonga, you know that. Mm. What I thought was a private discussion between me and you. Ah, I <laughs> you now put it in the public space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I still go back to the issue I said. Mm. And I said, this issue can, even today, and I'm just going to comment on one issue. Mm. I, I, I actually think it's an issue which the two parties must still find um, some way of resolving it. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, now we can't talk a lot now because the matter is between the court and sure. the judge, and then we have to respect that particular space. Some of us believe um, Mr. Peter Moore is a great person. We believe that Members of, of, of Old Mutual are also great people. And I actually think that they can still find time privately and find a resolution. Mm, mm. And uh, certainly hope, uh, I mean, for that, because uh, indeed, uh, not only do uh, the reputations of many people rest on that, but I think also uh, the firm that you lead uh, would certainly not want, I guess, to find itself in uh, a very difficult position there of, uh, you know, having, I guess, to renegotiate or even... Uh, have that kind of tension with one of its uh, long-standing institutional investors there, which is Old Mutual. Yes, and, and, and fortunately for, for us, um, uh, Ayabonga, we have treated this matter in strictly as a matter between employer and employee. And we have left that space and allowed it to mm. go. But I have been in touch with a number of people, uh, captains of industry, to say to them, this is who we are. And they know us. I mean, we've been in business, Ayabonga, uh, from 2002. And we have a very, very good track record um, of behaving in a particular ethical manner, mm. honoring our commitments. And um, if now, as, I, as I'm sitting on the table, I've been meeting various people, and they still are 
saying NMT Capital, as we know it as a company, mm. we have got confidence in that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's maybe, uh, I guess, uh, put a, put aside that uh, particular matter. And, of course, uh, the developments continue on that end. You did indicate there that uh, that matters before the courts. And uh, we'll certainly try and follow that uh, particular matter uh, quite closely here on Metro FM Talk. But I wanted uh, us to talk uh, today about a sector that I know you know quite a bit about, uh, having been uh, one of the founders of... Um, one of the largest auditing and accounting firms in uh, South Africa, and uh, if not the largest black-owned one, and uh, that is the Sizu and Zalubwa Koboto. When you look at, uh, maybe if we can start off, I guess, uh, with the early days of setting up that particular company, when you look at it now in relation to some of the earlier days, what what are some of the things that come to mind? You know, interesting enough, um, earlier today, um, some of my colleagues have been talking to the media about what NMT Capital is doing, and I'll just quickly touch on that in sponsoring the SMME um, conference which is taking place at the Joburg Theatre on the Theatre sector. And and the main reason for that, for me personally, is that I actually, when nobody cared about me as a practitioner, it's a small and medium enterprises which looked at me and gave me the platform to stand on. Mm. Uh, to, in order to develop what now became one of the biggest, not just black firms in South Africa, you know, a firm that is knocking very hard to be recognized as one of the big firms. Sure. So, it, it, the journey, journey Abonga has been long, was long. Um, it started, obviously, with a passion and, and, and the feeling of independence. I had always had this belief, I don't know that, Having invested so much to become a chartered accountant, I was no less than any other chartered accountant in this country. Mm. That's it. And therefore, I deserve to be, uh, to achieve the greater heights which I could. And, um, and I won't bore you with a lot of details, but I used to, I used to, I had a uh, the clients in Mufolo, um, in Soweto. I had lovely doctors. The doctors were my biggest and lawyers, mm. um, and, uh, and NGOs, uh, somewhere in Bramfontein, and which supported us. And you would run from Soweto, you would go to Tembisa, you'd go to Sakane, you would go. And at the end of the month, we were, we were our practice at some stage was 34, 34, we were 34 Elof Street, mm. and it moved to 112 Main Street in the city center. We would sit in some big room there and say, oh, you know, um, how much, have, how much have you made this month? And PNL, PNL. <laughs> and all of us, you're sitting there, you actually, actually, I will, it's not much when you think about it. And you are so tired. You've been running around. And, and uh, I love doctors, but doctors are the most disorganized when it comes to time. <laughs> so you have an appointment with a the doctor. They say, no, no, but I've got to see my patient first before I talk to you. And then, of course, you wait and they see you, and they, then you put your invoice and they give you your bill. You know, you run around for about 2,000 rand. You get very excited that you got paid, and you run to the next client. Mm, mm, so, mm. But what is it, I think, what is important that sustained us? I think what sustained us, and, and, and remember, this was before 1994. Mm. What sustained us was a belief that, and it's a point I hope we'll touch on in this in this discussion was a belief that this country, South Africa, will be free one day. Mm. That's one. And two, when it is free, it will need 
men and women who have cut their teeth under very hard and harsh circumstances in order to be able to be of value to the country which will have, which mm. nobody knew what it would be. But it was also to say, we need to set up an infrastructure. I would never want to see the next generation of accountants struggling and suffering like I did. I wanted to set up an environment where at least they will be one step higher when they start their practice and be able to say, we are now riding at the back of this platform which has been created and we must move on. Mm. And I'm extremely passionate about the survival, the development of black accountants in this country. Mm-hmm. And and you know you know when you talk about uh, black accountants uh, in this country, I, I remember having a conversation with uh, uh, you know Professor Ngushu. I think it was uh, sometime last year, and uh, you know one one of the things that he was speaking about was you know if if you think about even the sacrifices made pre nineteen ninety four by black yeah. professionals to make it into what effectively had been a white all boys club, uh, if I can yeah. put it that way, um, yeah. and and now you know when we look at the scandals that are facing the um, you know, many of the corporations in this country and the role of audit companies there, uh, it must be gutting for, for Nina, certainly as that first pioneering generation, to see so many black chartered accountants being fingered in all manner of impropriety that we're finding there. And I use black broadly, I guess, in the more black consciousness sense, which African colored um, and uh, even people of Indian descent, uh, where you see some of them being fingered, be it in the state-owned entities or even in the private sector, in uh, either not playing their role properly and uh, and in so doing, I guess, uh, eroding some of the trust and uh, integrity often associated with this profession. Yes. I have on that, sadly, and, and very sadly, and, and, and I think Professor Nkutu would have spoken with great passion because he's one of the icons, he's one of the people we look up to even today as, as a bearer of, of uh, as a leader and as a, and as a, as a trailblazer in mm. this profession. But, but, but I can tell you, the world over, Ivan, it's not just in South Africa. Sure. In the world over, what I think is a, one of the big problems is that I think the accounting and auditing profession never understood how much trust society has put on them mm. in terms of saying, you are the voice of reason. You will be the people who are sober when others are not. You will be the people who speak truth when nobody wants to. You will stick to your professional ethics and so on and so on. Now, Truly, and you're right, coming back to South Africa, everybody in South Africa, black and white, I think the accounting and auditing profession has painted itself in a very bad corner. In a very bad, in a very bad corner. And I think it's about time that we try to extricate ourselves from that. Because in terms of credibility, the accounting profession has lost that. Mm. But having said so, it's not like it cannot be rebuilt. I think there's still a lot of men and women in this profession who are extremely good people. And I now see that continuously, I think they've learned their lessons that they cannot be, they cannot behave in a way which forgets about the kind of quote unquote, the oath they have taken mm. and the ethics they have been taught and, and the role they must play in society because at the end of the day, they are one of the last lines of defense in areas of controls and corruption and all of that mm, type of thing. Mm. So it is actually very, very sad topic when, they, when that comes up because mm. a number of us feel that 
for all the sacrifice, not just made by us, going back to many, many years, made by the founding mothers and, and fathers of this profession. They actually positioned this profession to be at a place where it must be trusted by society. But I think, honestly, let's call it what it is, greed came in. Mm-hmm. You know, people saw short-term gains and thought they can cut corners and they can get, you know, to be... Uh, to get quick to where they want to be without going through the whole mm. thing. When we Very talk bad. about greed, when we talk about greed, Baunzalu, I mean, a lot of that also has to do with how many of the major audit firms have organized themselves. So on the one hand, you are expected to exercise this independence, this oversight, uh, this voice of reason, uh, in some cases over companies that you're providing other professional services to. And, and in a sense, uh, you're also, I guess, providing an opinion on some of the work that you are doing in uh, either preparing some of those statements or even providing uh, opinions on their tax affairs or in the structuring of their businesses. Uh, is it important, I guess, for us to revisit that kind of operational model and alongside that, revisit uh, a debate around independence that many people have been calling for, in particular young black accountants here, around this uh, notion of mandatory audit firm rotation, which is not a new debate, uh, but I think that is getting a lot of traction uh, at this point in time when we're seeing very little independence in many of the boards that are supposed to exercise oversight over management teams, both in the public and in the private sector. Yes, and, and th- thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, Ibonga, you touched this letter because, you know, with all... I don't want to get into the space where the people, you know, what their views are with Irba and all of that. Mm. But I salute the leadership of Irba, uh, the Independent Regulation Board, the Regulatory Board of Auditors. When they came up with this whole issue of mandatory auditors, I can tell you, some of us were in the minority in that view of supporting them. There was a groundswell, and I'm sorry to say this, but a group of CFOs of listed companies were totally against this one. Mm. And they were saying, no, it's going to bring this, it's going to bring this. We said, you cannot have a situation where you have firstly people who have been auditing the same companies for so many years. Just, I have no doubt that they exercise independence, but it's not about just to be independent. You must be seen to be independent. Mm. And that's where the problem is, is that if you've been in a place for too long, there will be doubts about whether you are still are. So that question of mandatory audit. But let me just touch on another issue around the mandatory audit, which has, which has happened. I never thought that, and I've been one of the people and many others were saying, hang on, mandatory audit must not just create a revolving door. You know, there's this perception in South Africa, which says, you know, there's about three firms of office. That is the biggest undoing. That is the biggest problem we have in South Africa. In South Africa, if we are going to hang the whole economy around three or four firms, we are now doomed. We are creating a cartel. Mm. We are creating a problem of, um, imagine a particular situation. If you have firms, and one of them is already your auditors. You're only left with three firms to choose from, mm. and that is becoming a problem. And yeah. that is why some of us have been advocating strongly that what needs to happen amongst second-tier firms, we need private sector especially, must go out and be bold enough to be able to say, we introduce these other firms in a meaningful way, mm. so that we can expand the scope of auditing. But I have to say this also, 
that, unfortunately, you know where the problem lies? The problem doesn't lie with greater society. Mm. It lies with audit committees. Audit committees, they like to be shy and sit and hide around the fact that, oh, no, risk here, risk mm. there. There's nothing like that. But, but, we but, have to... But you know, well, when we talk about these audit committees, I mean, uh, there's also the issue of not even rotating some of these non-executive directors who might have to oversee some of these audit committees. I mean, let me read this tweet from you from uh, one of these guys. Uh, they call him a shareholder activist, okay? uh, but he says, uh, and raising the flag on Hugh Herman from uh, Pick and Pay here, and I, I, I don't expect you to comment on this one, but I guess it reinforces the point. And he says, this guy was appointed to the board of uh, Pick and Pay in 1976. Now, the big question is, 43 years later, can you still say that uh, this particular guy who's been there uh, much, much longer than I've been alive, um, he's still there now, and uh, how can he be independent or exercise any independent oversight over that management team? I, I, I saw that on the social media, and, and please, I will, because uh, you like me, you don't want me to be struck of the role. I'm not going to comment on that, because otherwise the board, the professional board I belong to, will mm. come and say, role number so-and-so says this, and therefore you have uh, transgressed that rule. But I saw that on, on the media. But coming back to talk generally, um, there's no doubt. I actually think this thing, this whole issue of campiros for boards, for auditors, for CEOs, for everybody who is in power must be implemented. I would imagine also for ministers. Mm, mm. You know, you can't have somebody who's going on and on and on and from 1994 who becomes a minister forever. You know, because at some stage, I think there is a new generation, there's new ideas, and there's other people who must come in. But coming mm. back to the profession, you were also talking about the operating model. I think the operating model needs to be revisited. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Because it kind of came, you have got a whole host of professionals sitting under one roof. Some of them are external auditors who belong to the profession and are credited in it. In a particular way. Then you have got the advisory, which is also part of that, and internal audit and all of that. I actually think, and I'm not doubting any of these to say this group is less uh, ethical than that, but I think that combination needs to be governed a little bit stricter that um, people who are, are doing the, what they call the attest function need to be kind of uh, enclosed, and there must be a very good understanding of what they do, mm. where they get their money, how they conduct themselves, and so on and so on and mm. so on. So I'd like us to pause there for a second. I need to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll continue on that vein. I'll allow you to complete that point. And then I want us no. to touch briefly on the space you operate in, which is uh, the world of uh, investments. And I guess uh, uh, some of the relationships there between some black investment companies and, of course, owners of capital uh, who hold yeah. all of our monies uh, in the pension and provident funds that many of us okay. are invested in. Five minutes it is, uh, or six minutes, I should say, uh, before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with uh, one of the co-founders of NMT Capital and also one of the co-founders of Asizu and Zaluba Kwaboto. And we're talking about uh, everything from the audit firm right through, I guess, to uh, some of the issues of governance in corporate South Africa. And uh, also going to be talking briefly about the world of uh, investment management and uh, some of the barriers uh, to entry there for many people, and I guess also the function that uh, investment uh, management firms like NMT Capital play in oiling the wheels of our economy and industry here uh, in our economy. But before we do that, uh, let's maybe, I guess, uh, complete the point we're making about some of the operating models of uh, many of these audit firms. Yes. I, I, I was saying, uh, I was saying, 
that I think that model needs to be revisited. I actually think it 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 um, it has actually uh, brought too close a good number of professionals who come from too many different disciplines and who it is difficult to see, um, you know, what kind of professional um, belonging where do they come from who who's got oversight over them. And and I think the auditing profession, as I said, especially those who are charged with a test function, uh, need to be demarcated from there. Mm. And, and and it's always a question, I mean, if you feel you have chosen to be in that space and you think it's no longer satisfying your needs, get out of it. Don't try to pull everything in it. Get out of it and go to where you think your the grass might be greener. Mm. So I... I, I I've not seen some of the reports, like, for instance, from um, Advocate and Sabeza's report, which was commissioned by the Institute of Chartered Accountants. I've not seen, I don't know the recommendations there, but I'm sure that when that report is being debated, Mm. uh, some of these issues will come up in in, in the public space. Okay. You spoke earlier on, of course, about that uh, SMME Sustainability uh, Summit that uh, you uh, have uh, also been co-partners of, uh, which is happening next week at uh, the Joburg Theatre. And, and many of the people who are in that room uh, will be going there and saying, look, I mean, I've got this kind of business. I'm looking for some capital to expand it. Uh, and uh, I'm talking about businesses here of different sizes of turnover, uh, different sizes of, I guess, uh, you know, uh, employment and uh, profitability there. But uh, it, uh, I guess, uh, draws our attention to the importance of investment firms like NMT Capital who are able uh, to, uh, I guess, uh, mobilize capital and in line with the investment philosophy, invested in areas in line with that philosophy. And I'm quite interested in, I guess, how important the relationship is and ought to be with institutional investors who manage many of our pension funds. Uh, one of those, of course, is uh, Old Mutual, uh, who you have a relationship with. But uh, there's all manner of other owners of capital. And uh, many people have often complained that, you know, some of these owners of capital don't trust uh, some of these uh, black investment firms uh, with uh, the monies that uh, many of, of us as a black working people invest in them? Yes. Uh, let, let, let's divide this into, into two parts. You know, on one side, so there's, um, there's, there's a whole body of work which agrees that SMMEs are the engine of any developing economy. There's no doubt about that. So if we all tick that box, and if we also say it gives and we can go through the whole issue of why, I mean, in, just in terms of numbers um, and also just to be able to put different players in the economy to try and, and break some of these monopolies that exist, uh, employment and all of those things. Mm. And also because it's, it's easy to attract skills which are not as sophisticated as probably some of the big companies have and so on. So SMMEs, there's no doubt about that. But the problem which you go to the other side is that what are we then doing about it? It's one thing for us to ask a government to do everything. So there's one part which belongs to the entrepreneurs. That's what we're talking about in this summit. To say, have your story good. Have your story ready. Mm. It doesn't matter, but it's a long haul. But let's come back to the issue of saying It is extremely disappointing. Extremely disappointing that um, in South Africa today, you do not find... I'm, I'm, I want to be challenged by people who say, no, for us, it's not just the corporate social investment thing. Uh, investing and supporting SMMEs can never be 
a CSI issue. Mm. It's going to be a business decision which is taken so that if you want to develop them as a supplier of particular material or mm. products, then you go through them. But unfortunately, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a finance companies which are holders of huge monies, which I don't think, I'm not sure how much if you go to some of the big uh, um, institutions, which are financial institutions, mm. they could say, pointed, you know, these are the number of institutions. And also just, in, you know, one of the things which in terms of the BEE scorecard, which I thought was going to be good, was this all issue of the, you know, enterprise development. Yes. But I sit on, I know, I talk to a lot of people, I interact with a lot of companies. That's become a game. I'm very sorry to say, they, that's not taken very serious. Mm. I don't think people are saying, come on, we are in this business. What we would like to do is that in future, we would like to see these bottle tops mm. that they are manufactured by somebody who's sitting in Soweto. Sure. And we're going to capacitate that particular person. And then that person then can go and supply the rest of Africa. I don't think there is that thinking. Huh. And again, uh, 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 my, my worry, Ibanga, is that, you know, South Africa is like the auditing profession. We, we, <laughs> I don't know what we're waiting for. We have to deal with these issues because they are not going to go away. You're not going to have a section of the population, black Africans in this particular matter, who are sitting on the periphery mm. and are spectators when other people are sitting in the main table. It's not sustainable. Having, you know, it's a not sustainable. Right up to dessert. Mm. And, uh, and they're not included. It's not going to happen. And all of us as mm. South Africans, we must understand we have got only one country to share. And this country needs that we must open up. And those who have got a power to bring in the others must open up their hearts okay. and, and, and invite the others to, to make sure. Bounce Bounzaluba, yeah, we'll I have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But uh, I certainly hope that appeal that you're making, certainly those that uh, sit on uh, established power, I certainly hope is uh, well listened to because uh, I think we've been making those appeals for far too long. And maybe we need to mix up uh, the carrot with the stick there. But really appreciate your time, uh, as always. Uh, that's the co-founder of NMT Capital and also one of the co-founders of Sizu and Saluba Koboto, uh, that uh, well-known uh, auditing firm, uh, Sangon Saluba, joining us uh, this evening. And, uh, of course, also talking about the world of investments and uh, what Orton needs to happen uh, to make uh, the necessary impetus and uh, impact on uh, small and medium-sized enterprises. Uh, and I certainly hope we can catch up uh, soon again. And uh, we'll have to leave it there, ladies and gents. That's the final whistle for us. I leave you with the man with the music, Sentle. And 9 to midnight is with you all the way uh, to uh, when uh, we change the day at uh, midnight. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Aska kribi ukuyibanga. Lee